more than 100 unique styles of beer, each with their own set of ingredients, process, guidelines, history, and experience. If you're a beer lover, an industry leader, or somewhere in between, a better knowledge of beer style will improve your life and your work. Welcome to A Sense of Beer Style, essential beer style training for those who want to lead in food and beverage. I'm Julia Herz. And I'm Jeremy Storton. We're advanced Cicerones, beer judges, home brewers, and we're excited to guide you through the vast and wonderful world of beer styles. Well, Julia, I'm uh, particularly excited for this show. You want to know why? I know why, but why don't you tell everyone? <laughs> well, because I have a beer in front of me, but um, I think the uh, the beers from the Czech Republic are are some of my favorite just because they are, they, they're easy drinking. They're simple from their format, but kind of like a really good blues song with just, you know, four chords. It can be really intricate and really exciting. And I, that's why I love uh, beers from the Czech Republic. Um, well, you're, you're making me thirsty. So while you're talking, I'm going to go ahead. And <laughs> I know. I, I feel like uh, we need to uh, kick this thing off properly i i can tell Ooh, look at that that is an incredible check beer and i can't wait to tell people why they're special and why they're different than the rest um so just a little quick cheers to the microphone um so beers from the czech republic have a very very long history um and that uh includes uh the number one beer style around the world taking over the world. Um, but uh, that's a story for a different day. We're going to talk about this as a style. We're going to talk about the uh, all the Czech beers together as an entire category. Um, and if you're looking at the BJCP guidelines uh, while you're listening to this, then this is going to be, of course, category three. But um, all of those beers are fairly similar. They just get uh, lighter in alcohol. Uh, and then as you go uh, higher up the... Uh, then they get a little bit stronger and a little bit darker. Um, from step one or two, they get stronger. Step two, three, and four, they get darker. Uh, so we'll talk about all that stuff. Um, but uh, along that line, I think we need to start off with talking about the ingredients that go into this. And I think even a little uh, note on the process, because the process is also important in this style. Yeah, I'll, I'll take ingredients. You bring us into a process, which would be great. And um, I'm going to reemphasize beer judge certification programs is what BJCP stands for. We're going with the 2021 um, guidelines. We know that this body of work, this show, A Sense of Beer Style, hopefully will go on to perpetuity, um, generationally, uh, successional if we're lucky. And so uh, the style guideline numbers might change. But check logger um, currently for the 2021 guidelines has four styles within it. Check pale lager, right? Check premium pale lager, check amber lager, and check dark lager. So that's the group of beauties that we're going to discuss. And um, you can see my collar um, collapsing, mm. collapsing as I'm finally really ready to take a sip. Um, but just to warm up your uh, your mindset, your palate, your insight, um, ingredients-wise, this is a very approachable beer. Um, certainly um, driven by the nature of uh, of the water within the Czech Republic. Um, it was really hard to uh, work with um, with paler malt. Um, darker malt often lends itself better, certainly to uh, lower ion, lower lower ions, softer water, um, low carbonate water, right, low sulfate water. 
And so these beers traditionally um, brewed in the late 1800s, especially, uh, really got um, the uh, pale, I shall say, and the premium lager, although called differently then, um, on the map. And then um, you have the German pills and the entire story of those being um, mimicked. So the, the, the soft water profile is the characteristic ingredient. We don't lead a lot of um, beer style ingredient lists with water. In this case, we are because that low sulfate and carbonate content is really going to lessen the hop bitterness, um, create a less, um, a less sense of bitterness, even though you have as many bittering units. Um, and then traditional um, Czech hops, um, uh, you know, uh, Saws hops uh, would be um, very familiar to uh, many brewing this style. Also Czech Pilsner malt, um, traditional malt, uh, malted barley from that region. Um, Pilsner malt would be that really light, low graham cracker, um, uh, think uh, grape nuts type of cereal um, type of malt, the middle of the piece of your bread, not quite um, that, that's more wheat malt, but more towards the edge before it got baked. Um, and then the Czech lager yeast is, is traditional and uh, really centric to letting the malt be showcased in this beer over the, um, the lager um, essence. Although you can talk about, Jeremy, some of what we get maybe from that lager yeast. Mm -hmm. um, and then if you get to the other two of the four, right, because Czech pale lager and premium pale are both going to be pale, but then on the amber lager and the dark lager, you're going to have the addition of the um, beyond the Pilsner malt of caramel, Vienna malt, particularly for the amber lager. And then you're going to also work your way to, um, you know, dark caramel malt and even maybe even deep bittered roasted malt, um, in addition to the Vienna and Munich malt that will bring together, um, bring to the party more color. Um, than roast, but some low-level roast and low-level caramel in both um, the amber and then especially the dark. And as far as uh, the process goes that helps develop all this stuff, and we'll talk about that in a minute, um, uh, one of the common things uh, that brewers do uh, traditionally do in the Czech Republic is that they will use a triple decoction mash where they're pulling uh, roughly a third of the mash liquid out, boiling it, putting it back in, doing that again and doing it a third time. And what that does is it does uh, break down or d basically destroy some of the enzymes that are going to convert that mash, but you're also going to caramelize some of the flavors. And so you develop this and as like a general rule of thumb with this, I mean, people will look at this and go, oh, it's just a Pilsner. Oh, it's just a amber lager. These beers, even though they appear to be humble and simple, they're anything but uh, a typical uh, overall uh, uh, um, appreciation of this beer will reveal that the malt comes through. It's very; They tend to be very balanced between malt and hops, but because of the way that they process uh, or brew with that decoction process, that malt becomes, the term that we use is very elegant. And the way that I describe that is imagine running your hand along smooth nylon, uh, and that would be a typical uh, mouthfeel of a beer, and then run your hand over smooth silk. And there's a difference. They're both smooth, they're both soft, but one is just more elegant, and you can tell the difference. And that's how I describe uh, Czech beers. Um, same thing with the hops. I mean, the, the it's a malt and hop balanced beer typically, especially with the premium pale. But because of that water that Julia mentioned, um, the hops come across, the bitterness comes across, is very soft, is very smooth, that the bitterness level is there, the IBUs are there, but it, it's not quite as 
difficult to drink. And that that is just a common char- uh, characteristic with these Czech beers that makes them, in my mind, extra, extra special. Um, one other thing I want to add before we dive into the next topic is um, when you do look at the guidelines, you'll learn that uh, that Czech uh, loggers tend to, uh, or they... They are defined by their uh, color and their gravity, and and some of the terms that I don't have these memorized. I always have to <clears throat> review them every so often. But when we talk about a, a kind of a lower alcohol everyday session beer, they call that Vsepni. Um, and if I'm mispronouncing these for any any of those who speak Czech, please forgive me. But that uh, session uh, gravity would be a Vsepni. And the kind of like the normal five to six range uh, would be the uh, Lisak. And then the kind of the stronger getting up to 6% um, or a little bit higher would be the Specialny. When, and then when we talk about color, then we're talking uh, about uh, the Svetle is a pale, uh, Polotmave is the amber, and Tamave is dark. And so if we're looking at that very first category of a very pale, of a very... Um, a low alcohol lager, then we're calling that a, a Vyshepny Svetle Pivo. And Pivo is the Czech word for beer. Um, and you've probably seen that in some uh, uh, craft brewers who are making a Czech or a Bohemian style Pilsner, they'll call it a Pivo. Uh, so that's just some of the terminology that you can expect to see when in regards to the Czech Republic or the, the beers from the Czech Republic. Oh, I love that sound. I'm like Pavlov's dog. Um, but that is kind of the overall sensor, uh, sensory summary. Um, will you talk about the appearance since you've got that uh, glass in the camera? Yeah, and that's why I opened my uh, other example of Czech bar dark lager. Mm. Also poured here is the Czech bar, uh, sorry, Czech bar Czech lager, the original, which is a premium pale lager example. Um, Appearance-wise, pretty straightforward. I'm going to be super quick on this bucket of information. Um, first of all, clarity is a hallmark of the beer. You're not going to see cloudy. It should be clear to brilliant for sure. It is definitely going to uh, advance in colors from um, light yellow to gold um, for the uh, the pale compared to the premium pale. Premium pale has literally 0.5 more SRM no- mm-hmm. noted in the guidelines. So your light yellow straw to gold um, color. Once you get to the amber, though, you're going to look at amber colors and hues and um, uh, copper notes. And then you get to your dark premium lager and you're going to have dark copper to black for sure. And that's what we're seeing right here, particularly from that dark um, deep bittered malt. And it's the, the amber and the, and the dark um, uh, uh, Czech lager are both going to have an off-white color of foam. You might be noticing that is not completely white. Um, but and in the beginning when I poured it, you saw that really just stark white color of foam. That's going to be in both the pale and um, the uh, the pale lager and the premium and long lasting collar of foam, right? These both are going to be very long lasting, stable collars of foam, and that's that's pretty straightforward on the appearance. Yeah. Uh, as far as aroma goes, um, it, you know, we start out with the Czech pale and the premium pale lager, and and we're really getting into this again. I'm going to use this. It's very rich. It's very elegant because of just the way that they they uh, they brew this beer, like we mentioned. Um, but so imagine just kind of like a, a low to medium, a medium to high, uh, for the, uh, pale and the premium respectively, this elegant, complex, 
uh, breadiness that when you sit there and smell it, then uh, you you can tell that there's it, it invites another sniff. Um, it, it keeps you wanting to come back for more. Um, the hops in the in the uh, the or I'm sorry, the uh, aroma for the uh, the hops come through is it, they typically use like you mentioned the uh, the uh, Czech hops. Uh, Czech hops, uh, we call them uh, saws, uh, which is a German word. The the Czechs call it jatek, um, and so uh, but you know the the Germans kind of won out on the on the naming of the hops, I guess. Um, but those saws hops really come through. I always smell them as almost like a black pepper spice in this just wonderful herbality where I'm not smelling the distinct herbs itself. It's more like a general herbalness um, or herbality. But to me, there's also like a little bit of like um, like a little bit of like dried twigs in there as well. And I've heard other people describe them when these hops are really, really, really fresh. You can get a kind of like a fresh berry, like a strawberry out of it, too. I haven't experienced that myself, but I've heard um, uh, Master Cicerones talk about uh, talk about that experience. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to my my first trip to uh, uh, the Czech Republic and, and figuring that out for myself. Um but uh, but those are the pale and the premium. Um, as we start layering on color, we're going to start layering on uh, aroma as well, too. So we can start adding a little bit of uh, caramel, maybe some dark fruity esters um, and some more of like a, a Maillard type of products as we get into amber. And then when we when we get into the dark, this uh, dark that both Julie and I have, then we're going to start getting into a little bit of like toastiness. Um, that's not gonna. It's not gonna get to the point where it's like roasty and bitter and burnt. Everything is just very smooth and really, really well done. Uh, partly, I think, due to a very long lagering process to kind of smooth out all the rough edges. But uh, you are gonna get a lot more dark chocolate coffee, those type of flavors in this dark. Um, but uh, th that's just a great way to kind of begin thinking about how the aroma builds on on these styles as they start getting darker. Um, but how about, how about the taste? Yeah. And there's a lot to emulate as from most styles, the aroma falls into the taste and the flavor of it. And again, to reground, you were talking Czech lager with four examples, Czech pale lager, um, premium pale lager, amber, um, lager and dark Czech lager. So of those four, I really, um, would only add a, a little nuance um, I think you're going to get an essence more in the flavor than the aroma of the ethanol in this beer, the alcohol, right? Um, you're going to get when you start to get past the um, Czech uh, pale lager and premium lager, a little essence in the amber lager um, side of maybe Maillard reactions like caramel notes, um, you know, reminiscent of caramel flavor. Um, and then you get to the, um, the dark lager and really, I mean, licorice is even listed in one of the um, descriptors of the flavor for the style. Um, for dark lager and dark Czech lager. And I would take it to dark chocolate, um, little dark cacao, 70% or above, or a light essence of licorice um, from that debittered um, black malt. So flavor is a balance between malt and hops. Uh, excuse me, lager yeast is in the background. Um, carbonation is certainly a feature of this beer, but you don't want carbonic acid. And you're getting a balance of bitterness, um, not just the hop flavor that Jeremy mentioned from the aroma of that kind of light peppery size hop note, but you're getting that um, in, in flavor. And then bitterness is a part of the equation, but it's not a sharp um, bracing bitterness because of that balance from the, uh, the low sulfate, low carbonate water. 
And I think one of the things that we do have to address is uh, the Czech, uh, the Czech loggers have a little bit of a reputation for having diacetyl, and uh, and and it's just the way that their yeast uh, processes through that. So it is it is like some uh, British beers that we'll get to eventually, but uh, this is one of those beers we're having just a touch of diacetyl, some of that uh, kind of like movie popcorn butter. Uh, flavor in the aroma, in the mouthfeel, and in the uh, in the taste, the flavor of it is okay, but it should never be a butter bomb. It should never, you should never feel like, like it's coming out. In fact, I, I should have mentioned this before, but um, one of the ways that I can tell the diacetyl is there is when my glass is empty uh, after drinking this uh, pale version that we have, um, uh, I kept smelling my empty glass and it reminded me of of uh, delicious uh, buttered rolls just fresh out of the oven, and and uh, and it was it was just an incredibly gorgeous experience just what doing a, that. What a tangible example, and and that will come from the lager yeast. Mm-hmm. Um, traditionally, brewers can put um, lager yeast beers through a diacetyl rest, mm-hmm. and at certain temperatures, then the yeast will mop up that diacetyl. Um, this is a classic uh, note of the original versions of these beer styles, and we'll talk about commercial examples in, in a minute. And I actually like your um, really enticing sensory description of that, Jeremy, because it not only lends that a little bit a bump of flavor, um, but it also brings a bump of mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. It gives a little bit of slickness on the tongue. That's another um, uh, a- attribute, frankly, and not a negative necessarily of uh, diacetyl. Um, I'll also say the style guidelines allow for um, esters, low-level esters, believe it or not, um, not that it's fermented with ale yeast, because that's predominantly what would bring esters to the party, um, but it is allowed and mentioned even in the style guidelines. So thank you for bringing that one up, Jeremy, for sure. Really appreciate it. Why don't we kind of dive in a little bit more to the mouthfeel on all of that? Yep. uh, Coming up next. So when we start talking about mouthfeel for all the beers with the Czech Republic, you know, let's start with just the, uh, the Czech pale lager that has the lowest alcohol. And when we get to it, we'll talk about the final gravity, um, has the lowest final gravity as well. So that the body of that particular beer is medium low to medium. Um, but when we get into the premium pale lager, then that is a pretty much a medium body beer. This is a, a really a pale lager, but it actually has a medium body. And that's partly because of all of the decoction mashing and residual sugars that in the elegance part of it. But when we start adding darker grains to get uh, amber and and to get to the, the dark, we start getting more residual sugars. We start getting uh, other mouthfeel components in there. So those are going to actually be medium to medium high. So when we think about, um, uh, the, the Czech beers and being just kind of, let's, let's throw back a light Czech lager. They actually have some body to them. Um, because for the, for those reasons, uh, the other thing, uh, uh, about these beers as well is that there's not a lot of carbonation. There's they're very different from the international lagers. They're very different from the American lagers because you don't have that carbonic bite. It's not an assertive carbonation. It's a very smooth, creamy mouthfeel of a carbonation. And again, these beers, why I love them so much, and I and I love this word for this category uh, specifically, is that they are just elegant in the mouthfeel. Um, and, that, and, and that's really the, the best way to differentiate the Czech lagers from other lagers from different regions. 
Thank you for listening to Essence of Beer Style, the essential beer style training for those who want to lead in food and beverage. With advanced Cicerones, me, Julia, and me, Jeremy. Tune into the next episode as we continue exploring the world of beer styles and what to make of them. We encourage you to listen to the prepisodes to build your foundation and better understand beer styles. And before the next episode, I'd like to ask you to review the show and let us know what you'd like featured in upcoming episodes. Until next time, here's to you and your sense of beer style. Thank you for listening. Cheers. Cheers.